0: You're
1: listening to Make the Sacred Shift, a fresh and powerful conversation on how to bring the sacred right into the heart of the messy and vulnerable human challenges we all go through in relationships, spirituality, health, and business, so we can shift into our full soul embodiment and quite literally change our worlds. I'm your host, Medicine for the soul and guide for visionaries, luminaries, and entrepreneurs. Joanna and Tara Zim join me for engaging soul conversations as I connect with the top voices on the sacred in relationships, spirituality, health, and business, on what it's really like to live from the sacred in the ways our soul calls out for most, and to shift our lives like lightning as we learn how to do it. It's time to make the sacred shift everywhere that most ask for it. The call for it is now, and here we are.
0: Hello everybody and welcome to another episode of Make the Sacred Ship podcast. I am so so excited to be here with you today. We've been having some wonderful conversations this month on all things sacred as usual. And as you all know, I like to bring in people that have a unique area in the sacred where their genius really flows through and lights up the world with lots of goodness and magic and possibility and today I am super super excited to bring to you Julia Wells who is a visibility coach and business mentor ever the unconventional soul she received her training at the Institute for Integrative Nutrition as well as the Tantric School for Integrated Sexuality with Layla Martin. She is obsessed with the power of social media and loves to help her clients heal their visibility wounds and create individualized strategies that allow them the freedom to show up authentically and grow their business in a way that prioritizes pleasure. Um, Welcome.
2: (laughs) Thank you. Hi, I'm excited to be here.
0: So you, can you tell those people who are listening, share with them, exactly what a visibility coach does? I think some of us know, and of course I know from having known you and, um, you know, taking some courses with you, but can you elucidate for the rest of us who may not have the same awareness that you do, of course, what, what does a visibility coach do exactly, and um, how did you um, get started doing that?
2: Yeah, good question. So I think it's great to start here because the coaching industry is unregulated and like anyone can call themselves anything and it might mean totally different things. So my version of visibility coaching and work is like there's two pieces, right? So there's the internal stuff and what you mentioned of like visibility wounds so these are like our conditioning our patterns all of the things that have us scared to be seen to use our voice and we can like go deeper into this this is just the
0: surface level
2: um and then like how do you heal that right so you start to build this confidence you trust yourself you trust your voice you trust that like you can handle what visibility brings in your life in your business both the good and the bad because that happens online sometimes Um, And then the external piece is really kind of just the social media strategy and how to create that presence, how to build a brand around yourself and do that really authentically and in a way that works for you. Um, Yeah. So, and then how I got started, was that the second part of your question? It was.
0: Uh, The two for one there. Sorry. yeah. Yeah. How did this get started? Because I know for most of us who have you know, our particular genius in a particular area of the sacred, you know, there's things that we've all had to go through in order to embody that genius, cultivate it, let it yeah. come through us, which probably can feel like madness for both all of us in the beginning. So uh, tell us a little bit about your experience of, of that as well. How, how, did, how did you get chosen by the university as a visibility coach? And what, what was that? Tell us the story of that. Some days I'm still not entirely sure why (laughs) this is what I have to do. (laughs)
2: Um, But yeah, so I started coaching originally like as a health coach, but really interested in doing a lot of the deeper stuff. And excuse me, the more and more I got into just the online coaching space and what it looked like, I myself struggled with like how to show up, how to be vulnerable, how to be really authentic. I saw a lot of people, you know, like doing like the perfect photo shoots and their website was like, you know, they paid thousands of dollars and it was beautiful. And like, it's great. I love aesthetically pleasing things. And I felt like there was so much pressure to be perfect. And I was like, fuck this. I'm just, I'm not going to play into it. Um, and I had a lot of my own stuff around like, okay, yes, that's my desire. And I have all of these fears and conditioning and, um, I think just realizing I used to be someone that was a lot more like outspoken and okay being bold and using my voice and being seen. And if that meant being disruptive, that was okay. And then through life things happening, I just got to a point where I had shut down my voice. I lived in the South for seven years after growing up in like basically baby Berkeley, liberal Massachusetts. And I was like the only liberal hippie in like all of my friend circles. Right. So I just like, For so many reasons, I just like quieted my voice
0: Mm. and just
2: didn't feel safe speaking, especially speaking on like vulnerable topics. Mm. Um, And so I just started doing it and practicing and being okay, feeling like I was going to throw up all over my computer (laughs) when I shared something vulnerable. Um, And I just started doing my own work around it. And I started seeing just how powerful it was and the connections that it could create and the way that it grew my business. And I I think I just kind of became what I am. I don't know. It wasn't super conscious to be like, I'm going to be a visibility coach because this is what people need. It was more like, this was my own journey. People are so inspired. Other people are craving this like support and permission to be more authentic as they are their own brand and like finding their voice and um, healing all the things around it. And I also just love social media, which a lot of people don't. (laughs) So... I was like always naturally helping people. Even when I was health coaching, I was like, let me just like give you a free social media strategy session.
0: And then I
2: realized like all of these things go together and this is just what I
0: have to be doing. Wow. So isn't that amazing that this is so true across so many realms that being in an environment like the South where it is, of course, much more highly (laughs) rewarded to be, maybe seen but not heard, or even Mm -hmm. not seen and not heard is from what I understand from my clients from the South. That incubated in you a voice, or at least not having the external space to really speak up. I imagine it built up a lot inside of you of, of, of expression and wanting to share your voice and wanting to share a message that you thought was important and needed to be heard what was that like to live with that kind of pressure? Cause I, I'm asking because so many of us develop our gift in adverse circumstances mm-hmm. where it's not ideal conditions, at least from what the mind says. Right. <laughs> yeah. Like how wonderful it would be if you decided you want to be a disability coach and suddenly there were tons of people that wanted to be visible yeah. and that you could share your message with and it would be all just la 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 <laughs> right? Wouldn't that be nice? <laughs> yeah. So Something grew in you, What? how long was that period where you had to be sort of quiet with what you were seeing and feeling, but wanted to express?
2: Yeah. So this was actually, I went to college in Georgia, like rural Georgia, Southern Georgia. And then I went,
0: what? I said, wow. I yeah. have trouble imagining you being I know. in such a place like that, you
2: know? Yeah. Like my dad is from the Bay Area. My family is like, yeah all the liberalness and all the things and all the woo and like exposed to it at a young age. And for some reason I just had this like really glamorous idea of the South in my head. And I was like, well, let's go for college. And like, if you hate it, you leave, no big deal. Obviously I ended up staying seven years and it like became a whole thing. Um, But yeah, so this was before I really found coaching. And like you said, like it was, I didn't even know really like that this is, ever what I was going to get into so it was like festering inside of me and I just knew I was like I was pretty unhappy at that point like health and fitness was my outlet that's why I went to IAN and I was like okay what is like I honestly didn't think I'd ever be a coach because I was really successful at what I was doing and I was like oh I'll just like go here to learn more like I was hungry for more knowledge of like how do people transform why do they transform like what's really going on what's the inner workings And then started learning that. And I was like, oh, interesting. And then I finally got to a point where it was like, I was at my job and so unhappy. And at this point, I had already moved from Georgia to San Diego. I got a little taste of like freedom and living in a place where I was like, I just felt like I could be more expressed. And then I got moved to Texas for work. And I was like, we're done. This is the second time I've tried this oh my god it, I, yeah it just doesn't work for me like Texas um, doesn't work for you no it's still like pretty conservative and bible and like you, Houston's like pretty diverse but it just not in the way that like for me helps me thrive so I quit work I quit my job I moved to the Bay Area started all the coaching things and then it was like those things could start to come out. And like at first it really was through writing because like I I really, I still struggle sometimes with my voice. I like want to say things and I shut down because it feels foreign to like even express certain like words or my feelings or thoughts or opinions. And like writing, there's still maybe like a sense of privacy or like I can fully get my thoughts out without being interrupted or attacked, which happened a lot
0: when I lived in the South. Right. And so when you were experiencing all that shut offness from living in the South and from knowing what might happen if you opened your liberal, you know, Bay Area baby mouth with all yeah. your wisdom and everything else that you got going on for you, that was a real incubation period. So how, how did you, uh, how did you make medicine from that? Like your particular medicine is the visibility mm-hmm. medicine. That's your sacred gift. How did you make that medicine from your circumstances? Like, take us on the very inside of what you went through, because I can guarantee you there are people listening right now who want to be more visible. I think actually, you know, when it comes to having an online business, there is no sort of, I've gotten there with visibility, right? I mean, there's entry level visibility, there's, you know, you've made your first X amount of money and then there's more visibility that goes along with that. And then you're, you know, maybe making the five figures a month and then on to the six figures and so on and so forth. Each one of those initiations requires more and more visibility. So people are probably listening from all points in the mm-hmm. journey. And I'm wondering in those darkest moments, like if you can take us on the inside that way, we'll know how to navigate that by experiencing the right with you, if you're willing to, how did you how do you make medicine? How did you make medicine from you know not being able to share your voice? Like what was it actually like? What was your self-talk like? Like how did you convert the raw wreckage or the the rawness of not having a place to share your voice into what you have now? what
2: is that like yeah yeah and I think uh, a good distinction to make too at this juncture is like there's different types of visibility right and so if it's not already clear like I'm really big on like the authentic raw messy visibility and like authenticity because I think there are a lot of people that have maybe like you know had these initiations into like something going viral or, you know, they were like published in Forbes, but it's like, it's still like kind of presenting their like polished self. Right. And cause I have people in my spaces that have gotten that far and they're like, I would blow up my whole business just to speak my truth. And I don't, I, you know, I don't think I can do that. And so I think that's a, also an important distinction to make. Cause I think that was clear to me early on was like, you can get really visible building like a persona and this like polished version of yourself or your business, or you can have this like outlet where you really get to share all of your stuff. And I think for me, that was like why I was drawn to it. Cause I needed that healing. Like I needed to find my voice again. I needed to be able to like explore it and see like these different sides of it. Um, yeah. and just say the thing that like, I didn't know what kind of responses I was going to get from people. Um, And so, yeah, so for me, it's always just been writing. I write really unedited. I say the things that I think are going to like maybe get me in trouble. And then like 90% of the feedback is like, wow, you said the thing I wish I could say, or you read my mind or whatever. Mm -hmm. And that feels like so healing to know that you're not alone in it. And like, I almost write kind of selfishly a lot of the times, Because like that, knowing you're not alone, like I'm the one willing to put myself out there to hear that feedback, to know that I'm not alone, right? Like there, there was a lot of writing that way at the beginning. And still there's times where I write because I want to know that I'm not alone, but I know that I have to be the one to like, kind of stick my neck out there.
0: So would you say then that part of how you got from not having your voice be out there to having your voice be out there is to really kind of claim the all rightness and being self-focused or I wasn't sure you just used the word selfish did you For like but I selfishly write from like, you know, like, but that always has such a bad connotation in our society which I don't agree with and mm-hmm. like is there a way that we can actually re-own that word in a really good way and be like okay I mm-hmm. really want to you know write out there because I don't want to be alone and put that up would you say that is the biggest medicine that helped you take your voice from all the way on the inside to like way on the outside was that or is that just part of something else as well
2: I think it's a big part of it of like yeah and I don't know maybe have even the language of like reclaiming being selfish but it's like um yeah I mean there's so much freedom for yourself in just saying the things that you need to say and trusting that all those pieces of of you can be seen, can be acknowledged, can be loved. And like, I think that's almost scarier for a lot of people, of visibility of like, wow, if I was my fully expressed self and people loved me, that feels terrifying. Versus like, what if I said the thing and like one person said something rude and like, you know, wrote a nasty comment? Like, it stings a little, but you can usually get around to the other side and be like, well, that's their shit. It's not mine. But like when you're really fully seen and, and like expressed and people love the shit out of you and then also give you money for it, that's terrifying. Like that's raw. That's real love. Like you're like, and a lot of people consciously or unconsciously are pushing that away. So there's also like, that piece. And even for me, that's been really healing of like, wow, I can just be myself and like people love me. And be compensated for it as well. And be compensated for it because that is not what we're taught. Like we're really molded into like be this way, you know, like be the good girl and say nice things and like don't, you know, like don't ever show your mess and especially not publicly. <laughs> And there's just, like, there's so much healing for everybody in it. Um, so as, as selfish as it is, it's also, like, totally selfless of, like, somebody needs to hear this. Like, yeah. just as much as I know I'm not alone, then they know that they're not alone. Um, I feel like there's another part that you asked
0: me. Well, it's just really taking in the, the sacredness of that, that you get to walk that with clients and how profoundly important it is of a developmental passage for any online person who's running a business, because without visibility, you don't have a business. Right. And um, it occurs to me that part of what I can imagine that you really work with is people's vulnerability around being exposed, people's vulnerability about being seen, people's vulnerability about being heard, people's vulnerability about um, wanting to not be alone and share their voice, people's vulnerability about being, as you just said, being able to be received and compensated and admired and loved and desired for what they have to say that is real and authentic as yeah. <laughs> like you so that is so important. So part of the work in some ways is like a really good ally who is helping your person that you work with really recondition yeah. how we do that. And so for example, like so somebody who's listening, I'm sure there are many. Um, who either on your you know circle and our line, who are dealing with a current disability block. Let's say they're afraid of being all alone and afraid of being judged. This is what, like gets back to the three ego fears, right? they how we're crazy,
2: all alone. Uh, mm-hmm. deepest stuff <laughs>
0: no yeah, big time. crazy all alone will be like psychically annihilated in some way because that's also i think in the collective feminine psyche right if we really speak out we're really authentic we're really courageous we really say the things that need to be said and they do need to be said then um we've got you know which which trial you know yeah karma and 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 the opportunity to overcome and make it a huge dharma and so like what can we do? Like, take us through a couple things that we can do right now if we have one or many of those fears. Like, what do we do?
2: Yeah, so I think it's good to actually, like, start by just looking at them. Like, what are you scared is going to happen? And then also asking yourself, like, is this mine or is this like a, something I picked up from someone else, Right. And it could be, like you said, like old shit around like witch trials. And like a lot of people carry this, like different types of trauma, right? In their body. Um, But like, look at all the different things. It could be like fears around your physical appearance being seen your voice like just the different parts of you yeah and I think like the biggest thing to just start is then to look at like where are you not accepting those pieces of yourself like what parts have you not fully owned yet and like this no judgment right it's just like well do I even love and accept those pieces of me because like why would other people if you don't
0: so we need to assess do we love those parts of us that are really the issue and then is part of the work to really cultivate a practice to begin mm-hmm. to love those places and how can we even begin to do that if we don't have experience with that
2: yeah so i think like it's i mean it's hard i'm like okay how do i break down like the deepest <laughs> stuff you it's, it to me to ask that question right of course of course you would <laughs> um i love it so like i think certain things you can do is like even creating just something like really easy with like your inner child or the pieces of you of like just locating in your body, like where does that show up? So if you're thinking about like this fear of, you know, being seen or someone making fun of you, if you say the wrong thing, right? Like, okay, can you go back and find any instances of that happening in your past? And then can you almost like reparent yourself is one way to do that just like okay what would this piece of me like five-year-old Julia who was you know getting made fun of for whatever she said something stupid and her ears were too big and whatever other
0: mean little children say. <laughs> who, would mean? who would ever tell you that your ears are not pretty? Oh
2: no I was called Dumbo. Um
0: oh, no. That's horrible. Just I mean, that's cool. You know, and like very pretty ears. Even if you can't see them, I'm looking at them. Thank you. <laughs> I love it. See, it, right now, for those of you who may not, this I don't know if this will make a video clip, but as we're talking, I just want you all to know that Julia is demonstrating, loving and accepting her beautiful ears, <laughs> which were called Dumbo ears. She's, <laughs> she's enjoying them, and I'm wanting to share that with you, so you have the transmission of literally in this moment how to do that with a piece of conditioning from the past, which is what she's talking about. She's just folded her hair behind her ears and she has lovingly brushed her fingers over her earlobes and like she's just letting them be seen right now like how she's inviting you to do that as well.
2: Yeah, and then like also... You know, going back and being like, well, how did this piece of me feel back then when that happened? And like, can I just like hold that piece? Can I love it? Is there anything that it needed to hear? And just kind of like creating some of that dialogue, I think can be really helpful. Mm -hmm. Um, Because we don't, I don't, I don't think we give ourselves or like those pieces of us enough credit for how much power they hold in our bodies. And until they're like really loved on and really healed and integrated they will rear their little heads and they will (laughs) cause some problems.
0: Oh, it's funny and remarkable how we all know that. And then when it happens, we can feel so assaulted and temporarily victimized when that arises. And so when you say dealing with this from a body approach, let's bring in your recent training at the Mm Tonkin School for Integrated Sexuality with Layla Martin. Who is a prominent teacher in this area right now and so like how how do you how do how are you working with people bringing that in the embodiment piece because clearly you know that is the word du jour of so many um, of what people are talking about right now because hopefully people are starting to realize that insight alone is the weakest link to change which I was <laughs> talking about on my prior podcast um the last one that came out um and uh how do how do you Use your recent education and training to really bring the embodiment piece home and and into this work. Yeah, so it really brought in this
2: element of like somatic coaching, right? So and really working with the sensations in our body. So finding them beyond just like naming a story or whatever. You're like, so if I asked, if you asked me to like bring up this time when I was five and my ears Mm -hmm. were getting big, for example. I would go into my body of like, okay, well, where, how is that showing up now in this present moment? Right. Is there a tightness in my chest? Is there like fire in my calf or, you know, like whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And you start to like go into that piece of the body, the sensation.
0: And yeah. wrap it
2: around like, what, why is it showing up? What message does it have? What does it need? And then just having different tools to like really integrate it. Right. So the biggest things are just offering it like pure acceptance And then noticing, like, if there's other pieces that it needs. So, like, right, does it need some, like, reparenting? Does it need some other empowering identity that you have cultivated or could start to cultivate to, like, help hold its hand as you move forward? Sometimes it needs to, like, be moved through your body through sound and movement. We do a lot of that in my coaching. Um, And, again, like, not everything is, like, your dumbbell ears. Like, there's some, like, there's a lot of deep wounds around, like, sexuality and trauma and all I mean like the same approach works you just are like
0: gentler and probably moving slower through all of them definitely so we we shouldn't accelerate through these things in like a few minutes that we've been discussing it (laughs)
2: yeah yeah that's my very brief version but of
0: course course,
2: these are are all the things that show up when we're talking about visibility and it could be you know, like a deep trauma could just literally be the time, you know, someone told you that you smelled like poop in the third grade and <laughs> you never wanted to be seen again, whatever.
0: It can happen. I, I, you, the stories I've heard over the years yeah. of people not being clear in their communications to their children or their right. small people in their family and how people, you know, we're so susceptible as young people really take those things in. Yeah.
2: And I think we then tend to be really hard on ourselves. Like, well, why is this still bothering me? Or like, there's no way that it could. And like, well, guess what? If there's a physical response in your body, there's something showing up for you. So like, let's just look at it and nothing's too small, too big. And it all really, really is important to be looked at as you're trying to show up and speak, like really be your most authentic self and show all
0: of these pieces. So yeah, <laughs> That's wonderful. And um, I'm just taking in all of this because it's just so important this embodiment piece and how we recondition and repattern and rewire and ultimately regenerate our true, mm-hmm. you know, visible self as is needed in this online world. It's even the offline world, too, I think, just <laughs> in, in different ways. But I was really stunned when I made the switch from having only an offline, in-person psychotherapy practice, and then then I expanded my healership uh, to include other modalities as well that could work, you know, also in the online world, how much the visibility thing was such a key developmental thing that I would never have had to face if I had just been working one-on-one with people.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't think we really give it enough credit because I can. And part of how I got here was like, I was doing more of the like social media strategy, the external piece of visibility. And I would give my clients, like we would spend hours laying out these like beautiful plans for launching or growing a community. And then they wouldn't take action. I'm like, wait, what? Like (laughs) we were in agreement, like this felt in alignment. And what was really going on is like all of these old patterns were surfacing. And just getting in the way of the other stuff. And it's like, we put a lot of weight of like the strategy and the things and the actions to grow a business, which are great. We need them and they just don't happen or they're not going to like feel good or, you know, like work smoothly if you don't also address this other stuff.
0: Definitely. I I love how comprehensive what you're talking about is. I mean, there are strategies and strategies are so secondary when the sacred part of the e- the deep inner embodiment work of visibility is not happening. It doesn't matter how strategic you are. Right. <laughs> the embodiment piece that is key. But thank you so much for um, coming on here today. I know your time is valuable and that you're a busy woman. And um, I'm wondering where, if people want to find out more about you, where, where can they find you these days? Where are you hanging out? Yes. You- so
2: I love because I like to like live in real time for the most part I love my personal Facebook page my name is Julia Wells you can come find me or my Instagram is Julia motherfucking
0: Wells I love Uh, that it's so much fun to even just say looks like you just had so much joy in saying
2: (laughs) and at first I was like can I even name myself that and I was like of course I can I absolutely can
0: there you go. Um, there, there you have it, everybody. You have um, courage to be vulnerable and call yourself whatever the F, <laughs> whatever the fuck you want. <laughs> exactly.
2: Yeah. So Instagram or Facebook, either one. I love to interact, build relationships. This is my bubble I created.
0: I love that, and I can see here that on Instagram where you are, Julia Motherfucking Wells. Um. You will be guaranteed that Julia will share her travels with you, her mm-hmm. wildly ridiculous thoughts, and lots and lots of charcuterie pics. I love that. And you are like the charcuterie queen. She is I a charcuterie, am the charcuterie queen. queen. I could personally attest to that when I um, had the opportunity to recently celebrate some important time with you. There was an abundance of charcuterie just it, makes life better it does it does along with the champagne that goes with it oh, <laughs> so. oh. is it in there in all varieties so thank you so much for being here today i appreciate it and i look forward to hopefully chatting with you another time and it's been great to connect any parting words you want to leave people with
2: thank you i just want people to remember that you're more powerful than you
0: think or give yourself credit
1: for you're
0: more powerful than you think and give yourself credit for. That is so true. Thank you, Julia. I appreciate it. And have a wonderful day. Have a wonderful day, everybody who's listening. If you know somebody who would benefit from really taking their visibility to the next step, have them reach out to Julia. And um, you can also find me on Facebook as well, Joanna and Tara or the Be Soul Fulfilled community the group page looking forward to connecting with you again soon we've got some wonderful people in the lineup coming down the stream here and as always you're welcome to share those your comments suggestions and feedback for future episodes or things that you would like us to address we're always open to hearing that and wish you all a beautiful day thanks so much for listening take care bye-bye
1: Thank you so much for joining us on the Make the Sacred Shift podcast. If today's episode shifted your world or gave value to you, I'd love for you to leave us a quick review on iTunes. Make the Sacred Shift is a collective conversation of bringing all our divine qualities with fresh embodiment right into the human places we need it the most. If you're ready to break free from your current challenges and rise boldly into your full soul embodiment, visit me at makethesacredshift.com for one-on-one coaching, group programs, sacred shift products and courses all curated to empower you to shift till you're all the way home until next time you're sacred your challenges and vulnerability are sacred and you're capable of shifting into love healing miracles and complete fulfillment embody your sacred self and shift into the soul-lit life you're meant to lead